0: What's up, world?
1: Uh, I just, you know, I don't know, I don't know, I mean, you know, I, I don't know. They, 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 insert here. Yo. It's a terrible game, bottom line, it's terrible in every way, graphically it's terrible, gameplay is terrible, it's just terrible. Uh, angry Nick mad. That game sucked, and it's gonna suck no matter how many revisions they make, and it just sucked even more because they put a connect with it. Uh, uh, angry Nick mad. Or if there's violence, I'll just laugh
0: and enjoy the fun. Kaz Hazari. Haza Kaz Harai. 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 They just kind of got tired of angry and Nick on the first one, and
1: said, I'm gonna pass. Chris. Oh, yes, yes I, I do. do. I mean, No, no, no. I do per- no. all my work. No. guys no. no. yeah, I don't do it. Oh, thank you. I
0: try.
2: I mean, let's face it, Mario, and to a lesser extent Zelda, is what carries Nintendo at this point.
0: Always be radical. I love you, little podcast. You're the bestest thing ever. For the promise of the new Super Smash Brothers and the Zelda game, yes.
2: You will not find a better story presented in any other game genre, in my personal opinion. Like, JRPG have that. They have that story.
0: That's what the entire game felt like. Oh my god, I want to bang my head into a wall.
2: Is the it's podcast this weekend? Can someone remind me? I thought it was a video
0: game podcast. You're listening to the Game Source Podcast. We are live. We are live. That's right. It's podcast number 111. And uh, today, to start off, I'm here with Sam, otherwise known as 7th Valkyrie.
2: What up?
0: This is Gerald, better known as Yes Elvis Lives, and uh, we've got a lot to talk about today. Had an interesting weekend. Uh, For December, it's usually quite slow, but uh, actually a lot took place over the weekend. A lot of big game announcements. Well, okay, game announcements, I should say. Um, A lot of reveals that were interesting in many ways. And uh, also, I do want to start the podcast with the... uh, If anybody out there as a gamer can can just um, pay some respects uh, to the father of video games, uh, Ralph Baer, who passed away this past weekend at the age of 92. Um, The reason why he is considered by many, uh, including myself, as the father of video games is because he is the principal designer and creator of the uh, first actual video game system. Um, that was uh, widely uh, sold uh, was the Magnavox Odyssey. And uh, it's our uh, uh, deepest sadness and want to pay our respects to his family and condolences. So uh, just for a few seconds, we're just going to pay a moment of respect to Ralph Baer who passed away this weekend at the age of 92. Okay. Well, uh, we're back, and uh, thanks for uh, hopefully everyone out there did uh, get a chance to do that and pay respects to the great Ralph Bear. Uh, Sam, it was a great weekend for uh, gamers out there, whether uh, you're a PlayStation fan, a uh, Nintendo fan, and even a little bit of an Xbox throw-in, uh, thanks to the Game Awards out there. So uh, you said you caught some here, and you caught some there. Um, I, I know you. Sam, are you still there? Sam, you still there?
2: All right, I'm here. I just, okay. I was just like, I was hearing everything we just said looped. Like, okay, are you with me now?
0: Yes, we're back in the present. Okay,
2: up? So, I'm That's here. Right. Nothing. So on this next
0: episode of Looper... Yeah. Um,
2: <laughs> They're making a sequel, and it's this podcast.
0: And I probably... Yes, exactly. You know, I'm sure Bruce Willis and doesn't want to be a part of it. Yeah, he's but, here. He's
2: in, he's in my living room. He's drinking coffee. He's there you clothes.
0: go. Or you're about before you kill him. Anyways, um, back to the the great weekend of video games. Yes. Um, first off, for the, the gaming um, weekend, the gaming-centric weekend was the Game Awards uh, right out here in Las Vegas, beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, it was uh, hosted and produced, and um, from what I heard, yeah, finance, self-financed by Jeff Keighley himself along. Uh, he got a lot of co- cooperation from his friends in the video game industry. Uh, props to him for for trying to keep the legacy of the VGX alive um, and somewhat, uh, you know, well, it uh, wasn't on Spike because Spike uh, obviously for, well, reasons which, you know, always comes down to ratings and, and advertising money, chose not to uh, participate participate this year so he had to do it uh, via um, you know many gaming sites and also as well through the PSN and Xbox Live networks uh, and also through the Wii U as well I uh, don't want to uh, dissuade uh, excuse me I don't want to just diss- you know, forget them as well so my question to you is you read you you actually have the list of winners uh, um, were there any
2: in the process of finding it
0: I had it out earlier. Dragon Age Inquisition, a game that you're actually going to be posting a review for later this you week. Know it. Uh, that's correct. Uh, that won for Game of the Year, uh, much to my chagrin. But uh, what were you hoping for? Uh, ma- my Game of the Year pick so far: Middle Earth: Shadow of Mordor, unless I'm okay. persuaded otherwise. Uh, Bayonetta Two, uh, also as well Far Cry Four. I'm still have to go through um, things of that nature. Uh, uh, a lot of good games still left to go. Still got the rest of the month before we decide on the Game of the Year. Uh, we are truly, truly uh, going to hammer down on some of these games and provide the uh, reviews for you so we can actually have an entire list, a good list of uh, Game of the Year candidates uh, for people to vote on out there, you to vote on out there, uh, and join us and be a part of that. So.
2: All right. Well, I've got the list up in front of me, and uh, um, I'm, I'm, I'm refreshing. Um, so yes, Dragon Age: Inquisition, Game of the Year. We will be going up shortly once I can find a way to put everything in that massive game onto a piece of paper, which is very difficult. Um, um, why do I keep lagging? I don't
0: like that. Well, Super uh, Smash Brothers also was uh, very highly considered, yep. and some others. Um, um, the best fighting game. I, I will game say so.
2: One of the games that definitely surprised me with all its wins is Valiant Hearts, The Great War. Um, I had not really heard a lot on that before. Um, it's a pretty low... I mean, it was like, after all of this, I immediately went on Xbox Live and bought it. It was like $15, and I always really like when, you know, it's more of an arcade title than this mainstream release, and just the fact that a smaller game like that could get you know win that many awards, I think is fantastic.
0: Uh, well, Ubisoft uh, at the time, they, they pushed it uh, pretty well. Um, garnered good, but not great reviews, which, uh, is for me as well quite a surprise that the game actually won, uh, as much as it did. Mm-hmm. Uh, tells a, a, a pretty good story, especially being in the World War One environment, uh, which mm-hmm. was, um, you know, something that had not been done much before, because usually everybody goes, uh, World War Two with their games. So, yeah. I thought from that aspect, uh, it, it definitely deserves, uh, you know, some type of credit, but as far as getting awards, as far as it's concerned, I'm not sure the, the Metacritic, as far as for many gaming uh, critics out there and pundits, uh, did not particularly care for it as much
2: mm-hmm. as,
0: uh, obviously, the Game Awards judges did. But uh,
2: I think the most interesting category for me was the best performance category. Um, there was a lot of really big talent in that. Um, Kevin Spacey did not win.
0: Which I love, I love my Kevin Spacey. I thought that was a surprise. I understand Troy Baker won. Um,
2: Troy uh, Park, Troy Park, Tra- oh, Trey there's, Parker, Trey, Trey, Parker. there's Trey Parker and Troy Baker, both Trey
0: of Parker. which. Yes, yes. Were, Trey, yeah. Troy Parker. But yeah, he, he's his. his I
2: did catch his. Um, I did catch his. Uh, speech, <laughs> which I thought was, you know, a very Trey Parker speech. But I was kind of upset because, um, also nominated for that category was. I don't remember her name, but the young woman who plays uh, Clementine in the Walking Dead games. And she was nominated for voice acting for her role in Walking Dead Season 2. Yeah. And she, I think she did a phenomenal job with that. Um, I haven't played Sick of Truth, but I've watched a lot of South Park, so I know how talented Trey Parker is. And, and absolutely. And, is.
0: and and Troy and Troy Baker uh, was so good in the last Trey,
2: of the Trey Baker's why he... When you're in almost every game in existence... You know, you probably, he's probably won enough awards for things. Didn't he win for um, Booker in last year for Bioshock Infinite?
0: Oh, Bioshock Infinite. I think so, although I probably would have recommended uh, Last of Us. I'm pretty sure he was
2: nominated for his role in uh, Bioshock Infinite and his role in Last of Us, because he was in both of those games. Yes. So I'm pretty sure he was in that category twice.
0: But uh, I think as far as the whole, the game awards were. seemingly everybody seems to rate the Game Awards based not off the awards and who gets what and which awards ultimately. What Mm -hmm. kind of reveals did they show? And uh, ultimately, that seems to be the platform for the actual show to commence and for the reason for the actual show to exist is for just the reveals from the different publishers and developers. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, one thing that stuck out to me uh, was the uh, Zelda... Wii U playthrough. Yeah. Uh, that looked pretty very good. looks looks very strong. Um, I have uh, you know obviously uh, I had a lot of reservations about it beforehand, but uh, they've been somewhat alleviated uh, because the game looks like a, a definitely uh, a strong contender for them. Probably coming out next holiday season. Um, so I think that looked very good. They had two games though in a drift in Tacoma, which were. Fairly alike, where you're drifting somewhat in space and things are floating around you. Mm-hmm. And they kind of look the same to the to extent. If you get if you catch the um, the videos for Adrift and Tacoma, I uh, actually will put them on my page here in the next couple of days because I'm writing up an article on the on this past weekend. Um, that was kind of a faux pas on on their part and the game Awards wars part for actually showing two games that that had the same kind of uh, uh, mm. feel to it. Um, But there were, you know, The Witcher 3 obviously showed well, um, but I just, at this point in time, you know, the the Wii U, uh, Zelda definitely does, uh, you know, entice a lot of people because it it looks pretty good. Um, Unfortunately, the next day, Uncharted 4 came up like Dirty Harry would in a movie and just blew it away, but that's, you know, neither here nor there. Um, Your thoughts if you got to see any of the videos that were shown at the Game Awards?
2: Well naturally I'm gonna be excited for Zelda. Like I don't I don't know if you expected any other kind of answer from me. Uncharted. Um, you got it?
0: Is that fifteen minutes of gameplay on yeah. Uncharted Four just
2: I don't poof? I don't have a PS4. I played the first Uncharted. I was like, this is it's okay. It's two different I'd systems mind. It's
0: it's it's two different systems, mind you, and, and Zelda is But then is I have to leave. play
2: all the other one oh, some Uncharted oh, games. I don't care. I'd rather it play it. Tomb Raider. I would rather pay for a Tomb Raider game than a you than know, an Uncharted game.
0: Drake standing on that rock. I played Tomb Raider extensively. Uh, Drake standing on that rock and showing the ocean, similar to what to, uh, Lara Croft did uh, in her game, Just it just blew it away. And, you know, the best detailed graphics I've ever seen on any game period. And, it, and it's not even out yet, and I still haven't even finished it, which uh, holds a lot of promise for the future. Whether or not it's fully executed on, uh, we'll have to wait and see, so I'm tempering my enthusiasm. I'm tr- trying to, anyways, for a little bit. But yeah, definitely what I saw, even Aaron, who is a, a, a hardcore Nintendo fan and did not like pretty much anything else that went on that weekend, mm-hmm. um, was actually enthused uh, with uh, quite a bit of, of that uh, gameplay footage, uh, because he, you know, even when somebody like that even admits uh, it looks good. But uh, the Game Awards uh, in and of itself, I know Chris was there live tweeting, and we appreciate all of his help on that. Um, Level Up Expo for obviously giving you know a lot of access to us uh, as well and helping us getting us into the actual theater itself. Uh, we want to say thank you to them. Um, Chris live tweeting from there. He was moved around. Saw I guess a lot of seat filling had to be done because of the the lack of attendance, uh, which mm. doesn't bode well for the future of the Game Awards. But uh, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, like I said. Um, I'm not sure I I'm think that the Game Awards going forward is a sound idea uh, unless uh, really it's just somebody wants to pick it up because I I know coming out of Jeff Keighley's pocket no matter how deep it is it's got to hurt some so mm-hmm. because there were, there were a lot of freebies in this town with both the PlayStation experience and also especially the Game Awards which uh, was quite uh, in some ways very surprising to see as far as it's mm-hmm. concerned because uh, I was hoping for uh, a little bit better uh, uh, response from the gaming fans out there especially in Vegas but uh, if
2: I say. if I was in the state I would have gone
0: yeah I, I know you You would have been right there right in front uh, and would've I would have
2: made a million friends I would have befriended every single person there and I would have gotten to see Tim Schafer
0: and, and driving.
2: I would have oh well I don't actually care about that okay. but Tim Schafer okay. <laughs> Tim Schafer if you're watching this I really want to hook you
0: you had your chance. You walked right by me. Sorry.
2: Well, you should have given him a hug for me. But like, this is from someone not as creepy as me.
0: Okay, fair enough. Um, I'll have to. Sh- yeah. Next Here. time. Next time. you yeah, see next, time, next time. Hold up my cell phone. And say this person wants to hug you, so sh- but she can't. She's in another state. But anyways, um, the Game Awards, uh, you know, pretty strong. Nothing really outrageous. I think that's probably the best way of saying it. There were there were choices that didn't really infuriate fans to any extent. Mm -hmm. Just um, maybe they would have chosen something else over another, but it wasn't. uh, There there have been Game Awards in the past, VGXs in the past, which had uh, caused a lot of controversy. And I guess today uh, uh, that day was uh, not to be, which is good. Which is good. And like I said, I hope there's going to be more in the future. Uh, I'm just not sold on it, and I know a lot of other people are not, and just see it as a way to, uh, um, these publishers and developers to show off their videos, which they can do in different forms in other places, like the PlayStation Experience. But we'll... uh, Nice segue! Yes, yes. Um, We talked about the Uncharted 4 reveal uh, as far as gameplay is concerned. That was probably the biggest news from there uh, for many casual fans. Uh, it looks tremendous, um, death glitch aside, uh, and it just really just looks like to be something that, that a lot of fans will hopefully be looking forward to this time holiday next year. Um, I do want to talk about the Vita, because uh, I know... I'm excited uh, to talk
2: about the Vita, because I never get to talk about the Vita.
0: Well, I have one. And that's, something, and that's something Sony PlayStation has been uh, accused of ignoring uh, in the recent past. And I'm very disappointed the way that they have treated it uh, on a lot of occasions. Um, this past weekend they did make a lot of announcements of a lot of games, uh, 7 uh, to be exact, that are coming to the PlayStation Vita. The only question I have is, are you concerned that none of them are an original IP for that format? Or just are you okay with just them being... Um, either add-ons that are also going to be on the PlayStation 4 or uh, PC ports uh, heading over or previous ports from other uh, uh, consoles and whatnot.
2: Um, I'm not disappointed that that is the case. Um, I think that right now something is better than nothing. Uh, I don't know if there's enough money. I mean, it's they have a ton of money, but I don't know if they're willing to invest enough money to take a chance on these exclusives because it a common platform, it might not pay off for them to have exclusive titles right now. But us mm. kind of get the ball rolling, which they should have done. Like, this should have been how the Vita launched, is all like, having title systems or, you know, getting ones that aren't necessarily exclusives, but getting stuff onto the Vita just to get that ball rolling. So they're doing it now, which is a good way to go. It should have happened sooner, but it didn't, so let's just keep moving forward. Um, I think there's, it's definitely going to open some doors for later potential of getting some exclusive titles on there, but right now they need to get the system in people's hands. So, like, for me, like, there's a lot of games that I don't have a PS4 I can't play, but, oh, they're also on Vita, so...
0: And I, and I agree with you to an extent, but I just, I've, as I said with... Um... i I stated, uh, I'll just tease this for for discussion that that Aaron and I had on the show floor, um, which will be coming up uh, in an audio format. It's coming up soon to our uh, yourgamesource.com website. Um, I just think that uh, the Vita should have been coming out second um, after the PlayStation 4, and I think it would have been much more attractive, especially with a remote play feature. And Mm -hmm. I really think that that... um, it would have been nice for them to just uh, focus on the PlayStation 4 first and then come out with a, uh, a strong handheld push with the Vita. Because mm-hmm. I think the Vita, as far as a uh, um, handheld itself, is it's very powerful, can do a lot of great things, but uh, I'm just uh, concerned that that uh, it just wasn't able to be um, as far as a nice package that, that it gets the general consumer to go mm-hmm. and, and buy it. And that's the problem. So, because consumers aren't interested enough in it, it went, it rose a little bit, but not to the extent of 3DS or anything of that nature. So, Um, but you have a Vita, so I do have have a Vita. I have a Vita, and and like I said, I, I, but I've run out of a lot of games that I'm interested in. Have uh, you played
2: Danganronpa that Josh and I talked about on our last show?
0: I have only touch, touched on a little bit. It's just not for me. It's just oh, those type of...
2: you don't like the reading part? Of no, the of no.
0: It's a struggle. And JRPGs are a mixed bag for me. And it's really hard. If, if, if JRPGs are not your thing entirely, like with me, I can go you know, back and forth on it. The Vita's really, really a hard sell. So, um, mm-hmm. I've, got, I've got, you know, several games. I've got over a dozen games right now on it, but and I do play it, I do use it, my girls use it. but For it's- me,
2: a lot of the games I own on Vita are PS1 games from the PlayStation Network. It's, it's mostly what I... I'm playing Final Fantasy IX on my Vita right now.
0: <laughs> Which leads me, Final Fantasy, hmm... And Square Enix, near the end of the conference, they were... How should I say this? Kind enough, I guess, quote unquote, kind enough to uh, announce that Final Fantasy VII was coming to the PlayStation 4, which gave everybody instant excitement. As far as uh, I know, so many individuals wanting to see, um, you know, the, that game, the game, that classic game from the past, put on more modern formats. And everybody just assumes, since everybody's doing HD remakes, that hey, Square Enix is going to too. But guess what happened, Sam?
2: Oh, what happened?
0: Well, I'm sure you, uh, sure you, and most of the internet audience has already found out that unfortunately, it's going to be just the port of the, ni- the PC remake uh, from the 1990s. In all its polygonal glory. So polygonal. Polygonal. You say polygonal. Yeah, is yeah. better. Um, it's just, it's just not looking good. It's not looking healthy. But it's Final Fantasy VII, and even though people are outraged and making uh, uh, memes and 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 all that good stuff and gifs about it and laughing up a storm and trying to make fun of Square Enix and calling Square Enix you know lazy and calling Square Enix greedy for just you know throwing up a cheesy port for the '90s up there, people are gonna buy it. Yep. And they're, and they're gonna over. They not care. And they're gonna overprice for it, uh, yep. just like they do their iOS games, and they're gonna. But they're going to make money off it because people keep shelling out money, and it's a very it's it's a shame. I'll um, probably
2: get it too. I own it. I own Final Fantasy VII. I own the original PlayStation disc. So that I tells me you're going to go
0: it. get a PlayStation 4, correct?
2: I might have to because I own I own it on original. I own it on PSN. I own it on Steam, and if it's going to be released on another platform, I'm going to have to buy it on that too.
0: Yes. So I I'm telling you right now, it's just uh. It's just a shame that that they don't give it the love that it deserves. That they're just doing um, what many are calling a band aid uh, yeah. service to the fans, as far as as far as that's concerned. And I'm just disappointed that they. This is the same company that that upon the initial uh, PlayStation announcements um, told us to hold on. We will have something for you. Just bear it. I think if I remember them correct, correctly saying that at one point in time. Um and, and if this was what what, you know, we were waiting for, then that's uh, truly disappointing because uh, I think uh, Square Enix uh, needs to really, really reevaluate themselves as a company, how mm. they do things. Um, I understand that, uh, you know there's been issues with with um, some of the domestic games, the Hitman series not getting as much as they want. Uh, the Tomb Raider series finally making a profit just at the beginning of this year, even though $7 million uh, in sales uh, would constitute a good-selling game for almost every other company, but simply not Square Innings. Um, so it's just I see that company just not having uh, really a clue on how to treat its fans properly and giving its uh, fans what they deserve and what they love, and a Final Fantasy VII product on the PlayStation 4. Uh, with a full HD 1080 remaster, uh, it's definitely warranted and deserved, but that's just me. So, just me.
2: It would be difficult though. Like, like I know they did they did the 10 and 102 remaster. It's like that was already on the PS2. That wasn't nearly as difficult. I think having to go all the way back to Final Fantasy 7 and trying yeah. to update that that would take time and money. And it's like. It would be probably an easier profit just to re- re-release it instead of doing an entire HD remaster, because that would just take a lot of time and resources that I don't think they're willing to spend.
0: So, what else actually got your interest up, as far as it's concerned? Um, you know, the the actual from the actual keynote address itself.
2: Um. Well, I don't remember if we talked about this prior to when we started recording. But the double fine section with Tim Schafer, okay. Uh, (laughs) As mentioned, I'm kind of well.
0: Broken Age, uh, part one uh, will be released concurrently with part two, I believe, on both uh, Xbox One and PlayStation 4 simultaneously. Um, So it's not like it's so. For me,
2: like I got Broken Age the first chapter because it was initially only available on PC, and um, so I played the first chapter and it was awesome. Um, but now that it, um, they said it's also coming to Vita, and I think that would be it would play very well on a Vita, if I'm not mistaken.
0: And then Grim Fandango uh,
2: remastered. Yes, after, Grim uh, Fandango. i
0: I did see that uh, in action on the show floor, and that. Uh, oh, awesome. And that, that they at least they've tried to make that look a lot better, mm-hmm. uh, unlike Square Enix. So it you know, they're making the effort to to try and, and and bring some fan service. So that is greatly much appreciated. Yeah.
2: So uh, that whole section I was just fangirling all over the place. It was just yeah. all these amazing double fine titles and I can tell you.
0: There were a lot of smaller release ga- there were smaller games that were also talked about a great deal being introduced to the public. Um, well the one that stands out to me is uh by uh, uh coming from, from Sony Santa Monica Inc. In conjunction with, uh, well, uh, David Jaffe, who uh, was part of the, uh, you know, obviously the creator of the God of War series and, and uh, part of the actual Sony uh, uh, Santa Monica experience. But now he's, uh, he's created his own company to work in conjunction with Sony Santa Monica and their, their game is called Drawn to Death, which is a third person multiplayer shooter uh, based in the world off of a teenage boy's notebook. And I just think the uh, creativity level goes wild and wacky. And if, if I got a chance to see this on the showroom floor, I got little bits and pieces of it actually on uh, our YouTube uh, Game Source YouTube site. Uh, it's not the greatest because they were had to try to do it in secret because they wouldn't literally allow me to to take video footage. Kind of not not happy with that. Many of the places were as if you see any of the videos I got, they were. Telling me to uh, stop recording, and whatnot, but I did get uh, some action with it. Um, it's uh, it looks like it's a different game uh, as far as it, it, it plays a lot like every third mer- multiplayer uh, shooter, but in that different world, that different environment, uh, it really looks like it can be a lot of fun for l- at least a little while. Um, did you get a chance to see that?
2: I did not know.
0: Oh, well, you should when you get a chance. It it really is a. Uh, um, just uh, I just really enjoyed it. Uh, it it was a uh, you know it looks like a fun game. It's in pre alpha, so oh, okay. I, uh, it's still a long way to go before it comes out. Um, I know there were other games like uh, Loadout, which is coming next week, uh, which looks like a lot of fun, a team fortressy type game, um, and uh, that that uh, it's a PC. I believe. It's oh, a I PC did see the orcs. Um,
2: the Orcs Must Die. Yes. I was excited. About it. I was really excited about that.
0: Orcs Must Die is out I played Orcs Must
2: Die 2 today. Unchained. It's Orcs Must Die Unchained. Unchained. Well, no, I, I mean, I played 2 extensively, yeah. every piece of it. So I think it'll be really, I think it's really interesting how you also get to play the other side.
0: Um, what else are we going to talk about? Uh, the forest uh, looked, looked pretty good because that combined a first-person survival element with uh, a little bit of uh, um, building aspects and and... Um, as far as what you need to set up and things of that nature, uh, also as well, um, I did um, think Kill Strain seemed to go over very well, mm-hmm. which is a five versus five versus two aspect, um, which has a little bit of uh, evolve uh, and also a little bit of other elements from uh, top-down shooting aspects, you know, Dota yeah. things of that nature. Um, it uh, looked looked pretty good. I got some coverage of that. It's not the greatest. Uh, uh, again, on the show floor, I kept getting bummed, so that it kept getting blurry. So I apologize for that, um, but it is there. It looks okay. Um, it looks. Uh, it seems from the level of people response on it, and thank you for watching it. Um, by the way, the level response is just you know it seems to be very high on that game. Um, Temple of Osiris for Laura Croft was there. It, it uh, looked pretty good. But overall, there was a lot of uh, smaller games that were announced. Tearaway also was shown uh, that's coming mm-hmm. to the PS4, the, the the port to the PS4 with enhanced features. That looks uh, looks like a little bit of fun. And, uh, you know, I just, overall, the PlayStation experience what, didn't wow anybody outside of the Uncharted 4 reveal, you know? but uh, it definitely was just a nice service to its fans, and nice appreciation for...
2: Joe, do you know who, who the biggest PlayStation fan is that we know? Because I've got him right here.
0: And who would that be?
2: Why, it's Corey, of course. He's here to hang out with us. the biggest PlayStation fan in the world.
0: Uh, I, hey, Corey, what's up? The original C from what I was told.
2: Oh, yes, I am the original C. C so, podcast, that's me.
0: Tell us your thoughts, <laughs> Corey, on the uh, actual PlayStation experience.
2: Well, I thought all of it was dumb because... Microsoft is way better, and Xbox rules, so everybody who likes PlayStation is dumb.
0: And that's Corey to a T. I appreciate your time. Yeah, of uh, course,
2: no. yeah. I'm going to go back to working at Best Buy during Christmas season and wanting to kill everybody. Yes,
0: yes, and that video game cage of his that they constructed. Literally, folks, it's a video game cage uh, that they did. So it was uh, kind of amusing to see this hand stick out giving games uh, during the course of the Black Friday uh, shopping season. But um, thank you, Corey, for joining us a uh, little bit.
2: Uh, yeah, know. thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Love you.
0: I know your time is valuable. And there's oh, Adam. Speaking of special guests from our staff, it's Adam. How are you, sir? Good. Can uh, you... Appreciate... A lot of invites later, and I apologize for that. It's so <laughs>
2: Gotcha,
0: gotcha. So I, I know you wanted to uh, talk um, about Nintendo, which is always a uh, a subject that seems to be near and dear to the hearts of Game Source uh, staffers and fans alike. Uh, because I, I noticed I got I, I after our last podcast, Sam, we got a little bit of discussion. Uh, and by the way, those were great comments, and I appreciate them. As far as it's concerned, that whether you like or dislike what I have to say or what Sam has to say or any of us has to say, we just we just appreciate the, hearing your thoughts on the video gaming world. Um, and Nintendo, uh, the, and the reason why I wanted to, uh, I'm glad you joined in on this, Nintendo uh, has been in the news uh, for good and for bad. Because, uh, it, you know, if you look at the different articles that, that are posted on our site, depending on who you talk to, they were really doing good this holiday season or they're not doing so good. Um, So what do you want to touch on first when you're talking about this? Because the reason why I say is because there's a couple articles and primarily that I want to talk about. Um, First off is that a recently during the Black Friday uh, shopping season, actually Black Friday itself, um, a tracking company tracked the number of uh, consoles that people were buying and they guesstimated uh, but I guess they contacted, you know, uh, over 100,000 people as far as it's concerned to get this guesstimate. That they said that um, while over 50% of people bought the Xbox One bundles, most assumingly because the price was down to in many areas for excuse me,
1: 329.
0: Right. Um, and the, you know, their PlayStation 4 was still tremendously uh, hot, so it did strong. It's, it was in the 30% tile range, 30 to 35% tile range. And then you got to Xbox 360. And then PlayStation 3 was a little bit in there. But the most surprising one for me was even with Super Smash Brothers and Bayonetta 2, which, you know, I at this point, I, I hope you play it, Sam, because I'm, it may be the psychonauts of this generation.
2: I have it. It's on my game. I signed up for Gamefly. I only use Gamefly during the month of December around Game of the Year time. And it is it is on my queue waiting to be sent to me.
0: And and even with those uh, great games that are that are just released out on the Wii U, um, they guesstimated that only about six percent of consoles were Wii Us going out of retail stores, which uh, to me is still concerning. But then you read the good news um, that was I just posted the other day on our Game Source Facebook site that uh, certain financial analysts are reporting a big big jump in sales for Nintendo and personally I also agree with that one as well because I've heard a lot in the news where you can't find the GameStop excuse me not the GameStop the GameCube adapter you can't find that anywhere in stores the Super Smash Brothers seems to be selling well with current Wii U owners um, yeah, because
2: if you have a Wii U, there's absolutely no reason for you to not have Super Smash Brothers.
0: And, and I agree with you. It, it seems like it's an outstanding fighting game. I've got my uh, to play it well, a little bit, and I just whatever I play, I have fun. It's just a fun game. Um, the amiibos, as far as whether you want to buy the amiibos because they might have a manufacturing defect, it might be uh, it might be rare, or just for the amiibos themselves. Uh, Make
2: me a Zero Suit. Make me a Zero Suit Amiibo. I know it's coming out, but I'll buy it as soon as you put it on a shelf.
0: Well, Samus, uh, if you find one with the two uh, gun arms, boom, eBay right there for you.
1: Serious. Adam, say
2: something. You're just sitting there like a creeper.
1: Well... It wasn't much of a, t- a time to talk there. Well, you I, well, just uh,
2: gotta jump in over Daryl. You can't wait. You can't wait well, with Daryl. You have I'll, to just I'll, find your in. And... I'll,
1: I'll just leave
0: it <laughs> with this because I don't want to get too Nick on you and I apologize for that. <laughs> uh, Nick uh,
2: is an adjective.
0: Um, what are your thoughts on how well Nintendo's doing? Because I think they are doing substantially better than this time last year, uh, right. but I do think they have a ways to go as a uh, you know, as far as the Wii U is concerned.
1: Right, and it's going back to the the market share numbers uh, of the article that you had posted where the you know the Xbox one was over fifty percent. and that's very likely, as you said, because of the price drop, you know it's I don't know that that they um, gave exact numbers. Um, and obviously, this was more of an overview than anything else. you know it's six percent of of the you know, black market or not black market, Black Friday uh, sales could still be a substantial amount of units that that got moved. So it's it's kind of important to to keep in mind, I guess, or I would say, you know, that that can still be a lot of a lot of moved units.
0: But what would you attribute to maybe getting a higher amount uh, for the Wii U's? What what could you if you were if you were Reggie? Uh, or if you were in Japan right now, uh, back to the, say June or July when these decisions are being made for Black Friday, what would you have done to maybe secure yourself a, a larger part of that market share?
1: That's that's a tough one. I mean, a, a price drop would obviously probably have moved units. Um, I I don't know. You know, I don't know that there that there is necessarily something that they can do. I, I you know I would say that the the market share for the Xbox One probably would have been a lot less had they not done the price drop, because um, they did that like right before Black Friday, or on Black Friday. You know, it's it's it was a, a very obvious push to get more units out the door. Um, and I don't think there's there's necessarily unless they wanted to drop the price, there's nece- not necessarily much they could have done, because the people who you know are gonna buy a Wii U from Mario Kart like me bought it for Mario Kart, people who are going to buy it for Smash are going to buy it for Smash you know, there's it's it's just having, it goes back to, to games, having games people want so on and so forth, so unless you do something like a, a substantial price drop, you know, it's it's kind of hard to, to move units if you don't have stuff people want to play.
0: Well, Sam had mentioned uh, something I've been saying for a long time, since actually last year uh, and I've been, you know, not well, thought of by certain members of our staff um, because of it. Uh, I think that a formal um, package deal with uh, the Wii U um, and the Super Smash, you know, all-in-one deal, would that have enticed many more people into it, or is, is Super Smash still not an, an entirely over-product with the general consumer?
1: Everybody that that I know that's bought it, has praised Smash, and you know there's plenty of great reviews and stuff out there. And as you mentioned, you know it's it, nearly impossible to find the GameCube adapter, and the amiibos are seemingly selling pretty decently. Um, it's just, yeah, it's it's just hard to hard to say exactly. Um, I just kind of lost my train of thought. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> oh no worries, no worries. Sam, you're
2: doing uh, you're doing great.
0: Well, Sam, uh, you reviewed Super Smash for us. I did. And you gave it an outstanding score, a 10, even though you didn't like one aspect of the... Uh, Correct. That was the only, was the only thing. Is it's
2: still and I, I stand by that. Because sometimes in a game, there's a new feature that's introduced, and it makes you do... And I think, like, at that point, it's like, I don't like this, and it is impairing my ability to play. But, like, for example, in Dragon Age, like, It opens up a lot of really like kind of open world elements to it, and I'm not a particular fan of that. I'm way too OCD for open world games because I have to get every single thing. So for me, it was, it it kind of had a negative impact on how I played the game. But with Super Smash, that particular, the board game thing, Smash Tour, I, I have since the first time I played it been made to play it again. But it, it's just not fun for me. I think it's dumb. But if I don't like it, I don't have to like. And, and from what I've heard and like read, many agree, to, agree with you. Like the game doesn't make you play it. And like, like if you don't like the the challenge maps, nobody's making you do them. Like there's something in Smash for everyone. And even if there are parts you don't like, you can just pretend those parts aren't there. And I don't think it's fair to lower a game's score. Just because like there's a part that you don't like, but like you could understand maybe why other people would like it. But if it's not impairing your ability to play, then I don't think it's fair to do that.
0: Now their outlook for look going forward, uh, Zelda Wii U was shown at the Game Awards and uh, it looked very strong, uh, looked very impressive. Um, uh, and they mentioned that its Star Fox will be actually coming out before. Um, the actual Zelda Wii U comes out. I'm saying Zelda Wii U will probably be the holiday title for this time next Mm -hmm. year. Um, Star effects will probably what, you probably coming out late spring, you know, middle year. Yes, and there's Splatoon and there's some others. Um, Do you think that's enough to really kick the Wii U in High Gear? Because I know one of the comments that was made after our show is that they're not really competing uh, with Xbox One and PlayStation 4. I respectfully disagree on that fact is, you know, Sam or, or Adam or myself when, or parents, the general consumer, when they go to a store or shop for Christmas, they don't have, what is it, uh, 300, 400, uh, over $1,000 to buy three different systems they only can make one choice so it in essence it is a competition just like Nintendo 3DS is in competition with mobile markets or with an iPad or with an Android tablet or even with the Vita to some extent sorry Vita but uh, you know Adam I just as a consumer what do you see as far as the outlook for Nintendo going forward next year Um, because their sales according to many analysts has been very strong and that, that to me is great news
1: it it seems it's been uh, mostly a slow burn. If anything, you know they they started out with very few you know landmark titles when the Wii U came out, and it's been a while to, until Mario Kart came out, and it's been a while since you know Smash eventually came out. So it I don't think it's I don't think going into 2015 we're we're gonna see necessarily see anything. Maybe Zelda but I don't think we're going to see anything else that's going to really push sales by a, a substantial landmark amount. And I don't know that that's a bad thing either. Uh, um, just so long as they can keep the the sales going and, and keep, obviously, making money, it's not necessarily a bad thing to have. Um, just like a steady growth.
0: Now, Sam, uh, Nintendo has been accused in the past of not catering to third parties. Um the Bayonetta 2 was an awesome. Looks like it's an awesome game. I can't wait for you to review it because, by all accounts, it seems like it could be a high contender for Game of the Year on several publications, including ours. What must Nintendo do to be more receptive to third parties or even independents? Because, um, you know, one of the things I want to talk about with the PlayStation experience, which both uh, Aaron and myself uh, have gone into, is that. You know, even for the PlayStation experience, they courted so many of these indie developers. Saying, "Said hey," uh, through through interviews that that Aaron had, a lot of these independent developers got to stay free. They got their space free. They even got their TV to show their wares free. Uh, if they wanted additional rooms and TVs, they had to pay for that. But you know, at least you know, them offering them the free chance to come down here and interact with consumers was was just one of the many ways that Sony seems to be embracing the indie, uh, the indie games, at least in this generation, which they haven't done much so in the past. What does t- Nintendo do to cater more to, to third parties and independent developers to make it more attractive uh, and, you know, fill out the roster more to make it more attractive for a customer to buy a Wii U?
2: I could definitely see why, like an indie developer, would be reluctant to go to Nintendo, because like Nintendo, like okay, like Microsoft and Sony, they do a lot of things other than just games. Like they have whole big companies that do a million other things, but the Nintendo really caters just exclusively to their kind of gaming universe, and I could see that being very intimidating. um, Trying to approach. I mean, I I would be under the impression more first party titles than really any like than Microsoft or Sony do. Just characters that are Nintendo characters, and they're it's just very iconic in that way. So I I could see why it would be very intimidating to try to join this family, so solidified and so intense as it is. Um, I wanna like it's fun, this is one of those times where I have words but I don't have and something on my computer keeps it's not working and I'm afraid my camera is gonna cut out
0: so um, that's the case uh, Adam while, while she's dealing with that yeah while uh, I
2: figure out my
0: yes um, question I have for you on on Nintendo before we go on and, and one last uh, bit uh, before we go um, Nintendo, the 3DS, the new 3DS coming on the way next year, is that still something that you as, a, as a, someone who is interested in Nintendo products uh, desire to have or are you kind of upset that the 3DS is, is being replaced so quickly?
1: Well, I, I had the, the current gen 3DS um, and I had uh, Animal Crossing and uh, Pokemon, Pokemon X. Um, it got to the point where I wanted more games that were more cooperative, so such as Smash and Mario Kart. Um, and those games are available on the 3DS, but they're, you know, in the point where you're, you have to have people who have other 3DSs around, which, you know, at least with with my group of friends is very few, and the only people who have other 3DS's are generally far away and I'm not hanging out with them as much so I actually ended up selling my 3DS um, and I had read about the the new version of the 3DS. The thing that that troubles me most about the new 3DS is that there are gonna be games that are uh, exclusive to it that that are only gonna work with the new hardware and not you know are not gonna work on the older 3DS uh, hardware so it kind of bothers me in that regard that there's going to be some exclusive games to the new 3DS, and, and it really also depends on how they market it. Because if they market it, you know, as like solely on like 3DS, you're gonna you're gonna confuse people. You know, mm-hmm. if there's gonna be two different 3DS versions. Oh, I'm gonna buy this one, but then this like at least if
2: it was to like it. like Super 3DS, like right. it's, it's a lot more of a clear distinction. But like the new 3DS, that doesn't tell me anything.
1: Right, and that's like what it was uh, in Japan. It was like the new 3DS or like 3DS LL or some weird, some small little distinction. Because um, you already have the 3DS XL, and then if you have the 3DS mm-hmm. LL, it's... And then
2: it's, that you know, would almost be like when the DS and the DSi came out. Right. Like, that letter was a distinction, but the games you could play were the same.
1: Well,
0: I just think that for me, the confusion comes with uh, the fact it does come with an extra nub. But also the mm-hmm. fact that you know certain games like Z- the new Xenoblade, Z- new Xenoblade Chronicles will be released and will be only playable for that new 3DS, which is right. kind of going to anger uh, lots of 3DS owners. I know it would me be because I know Jeremiah for once, uh, for one, thought of this. The system as extremely, uh, the game is extremely good. Uh, he gave it a ten out of ten on the previous iteration, and I know. He'd like to get his hands on the the next one, I'm, I'm most assuredly on that one.
1: Yeah, it, it really just depends on how they're gonna market it, um, which will, in essence, uh, kind of make a decision for me on how I feel about it. Uh, if they if they market it and there's not a big enough distinction, uh, I'm not gonna be a favorable view because it's just gonna confuse people. You have you know the. It's like.
2: Of like the Wii and the Wii U, like people didn't really understand how that was different.
1: Yeah, it's it's a little, you know, that was uh, hopefully <laughs> more of a distinction because you know they pictured mm-hmm. all the extra stuff, the gamepad and stuff. But yeah, it's there were still people confused and angry about that. Um, but like if they know, called
2: it the new Wii, like right. that wouldn't have made any sense.
1: You know, you have you think about about parents who you know don't know that much about video games or Similar people buying gifts or whatnot. You know, they walk in, they see this 3ds and this 3ds. They're not gonna know which to choose. Mm -hmm. You know,
0: And I I know it's gonna make a lot of parents unhappy when their kid tells them, "Oh, I gotta buy the new 3ds," and you just bought them a 3ds this past Christmas. Right. So.
2: And they're gonna say, "Why is this one more expensive? Why why is it different?" Like it's just i think they sh- should have played that much more skillfully on the naming convention because it, it's just it's going to be confusion across the board
1: yeah i agree with you on that one nintendo's uh, been a little iffy about all that kind of stuff all the, all the consumer friendliness and in my opinion at least because you know they i uh, they j- apparently just announced or it's it's been reported that you know they they've stopped production of the the 3 Limited edition amiibos of the current run, which were the Villager, the Wii Fit Trainer, mm-hmm. and Marth, they're they're not making them anymore. They're out of print, and you know they were limited to begin with. They're in my local store, there are only two of each of those, and they were gone within the first few weeks, you know, if that, uh, of the release of the amiibos. And then they also apparently announced, or it was reported, that the GameCube adapter is essentially out of print. They're not going to produce any more of those, and that thing you can't find that. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. a 50-mile radius. <laughs> if you're if you're anywhere that's that's has a you'll lot, you'll just
2: of, have to do what I did and buy the limited edition controllers that hook into the Wii remote.
0: I, I got
2: the Mario and Peach ones. Thank and
0: you. And that that's a mistake on on Nintendo's part with the GameCube yeah. adapter because if they want going forward for Super Smash to continue to be a success you have to put it, uh, be able to play it with the best controller possible. Am I wrong? Yeah, we
2: fight over, because I have the two GameCube controllers and two uh, Pro controllers, and it's always a fight over who gets the GameCube controllers.
1: Yeah, thankfully I was able to snatch a, an adapter for myself, but just hearing that news that, hey, we're not going to make any more, and these things, are, I mean, you, they, they retailed for, what, 30 bucks. Mm-hmm. You look on eBay they were selling for 70 bucks. You look on eBay after the announcement that they're out of print, they've shot up another 10, 20 bucks. And then, oh, wow. yeah, with the with the Marth Amiibo, at least, uh, when it was, you know, before the news, it was, it, they, things go for 13 bucks. It was going on eBay for 30 bucks. You look now after that announcement, it's going for 60. So, and then, yeah, the, the package deal, you know, the $100 package for the game, the adapter, and the controller. You know that goes for a hundred bucks, selling for twice that on eBay. You yeah. know, and that that goes back to to bundling Smash with the Wii U. You know, the the package deal was only ten dollars less than what you would have spent purchasing them separately. And sure, ten dollars is ten dollars, but it's it's only ten dollars. You know, you in some regards, you expect when you're buying a package to get a little bit more of a discount. So had Nintendo packaged the Wii U with Smash and stuff like that, you know, if it was only a $10 savings, it it would have been eh. But had they given a a substantial discount, it probably wouldn't have been
0: too bad. Well, especially at this time of the year when you have a lot of non-gamers buying game systems. And they're buying game systems, and they want it as easy as possible. They want to go in. They're not always going to get helped. They want to go into these retail entities or buy online on these retail entities and just get whatever they need to get one sweet package and that's it, because their time is precious, just like ours is, and they don't really want to, you know, have to go and get this piece and this piece and this piece, and then, or, or if they don't get all these pieces, show up on Christmas Day, you know, little Johnny or little little Erica opens the package and. Well, they're going to say, where's the GameCube adapter? Right. You know, where, where are the GameCube controllers?" And that's, that's a problem I have with, with what Nintendo is trying to say, is that they, 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 they think that they can just go ahead and, and have what's there, and that's it. And it doesn't work like that. You know. N- Microsoft, to, to move the needle in their favor, had to right a lot of wrongs, change a lot of things that they wanted to do for the Xbox One, and ultimately, make a lot of drastic changes, which included ditching the Kinect on the basic unit and dropping the price to even, like I said, 329. The you know 349 is right now is still a great deal, but they even dropped it even more for a lot of retailers. And that you know they made the the steps necessary to make it easy for the consumer to just buy it and plug it in and go. And it came with games that actually still people want. And still people see as a value, whether it was Halo the Master Chief Broken Collection, sorry, I had to get that in there, and that, or the Assassin's Creed games, or even Sunset Overdrive with the white Xbox uh, one. That was a great package as well because that's a really solid game. Just buy it there, easy, go. With Nintendo, they just weren't sending a message that, that they really wanted to cater to the general consumer this holiday season um, to, to a larger extent. Uh, by having something really easy for the consumer to buy. I just, I think if they get that next year in a Zelda Wii U package, that would really make it sweet for the consumer, really make it more enticing. Maybe a Zelda Wii U, you know, at $400. That's why
2: I got the, well, there's already a Zelda Wii U for the Wind Waker one. I don't know if they would do that again.
0: No, no, I mean for the new Zelda Wii U. Package that with the Wii U. Possibly do a Super Smash or Mario Kart 8 with it. You know, that would be a tremendous, tremendous deal. I think at that
2: point, after a whole other year, I think having the bundle that should have happened this year would be really, really beneficial. Like, I think a Zelda one would be fantastic. Like, the only reason I would think they didn't, they would not do a Zelda one is because. Like, they already have the limited edition console. Like, it's only the gamepad that's different.
0: Well, I I understand what they want to do when they they don't put them in a bundle that they think the game will stand out on its own. And yes, it will stand on its own with the people who already own a Wii U. But, Mm -hmm. you know, there's not a lot of games that actually push consoles. It's actually the consoles, for lack of a better term, that push the consoles. Mm -hmm. Um, The games themselves, Super Smash obviously from what we're seeing didn't move the needle enough as far as a console selling but as a as a retention rate for the game itself They it sold very very strongly very well for people who already own a Wii U So my mm-hmm. question to you Sam is you know going forward uh, with Nintendo and for you Adam as well um, Do you think that bundles should be made easier for the consumer?
1: Anything that's made easier for the consumer. <laughs> I mean, Nintendo. Nintendo's doing all right, you know. they they and they are and they are, I don't. I don't want to dissuade that. No. But they could. I mean, they could be doing so much better. Have had they, you know, been more consumer friendly with Smash stuff. You know, producing more GameCube adapters, making sure the supply is or the demand is is met. So you know, if they can, if they can do that, if they can be more consumer friendly, that's that's not, never gonna be a bad thing. And then, you know, if they can, yeah, be more friendlier to indies, that's not going to be a bad thing either, you know. You get some more indies in the shop. They do their own, you know, they... Nintendo does some marketing. The indies do some marketing. Nintendo obviously takes a share off of, what, you know, however many sales. It's a win-win situation for everyone. So why not do it? Sam, any last thoughts?
2: As far as the bundle bit is concerned, like, I'm just worried if they decide to do a bundle however many months from now, I don't like I don't know what game they're gonna put in it. Like, can they wait a year and well presumably a year until the next until the next Zelda comes out? Like that seems like a really long time to wait, but I can't think of anything that is really gonna come out in the next six months that's gonna push units the way a Zelda game would.
0: Even if Star Fox come out, uh, that like I said, Star Fox will po- be popular within its own environment of people already having the Wii I U. I think
2: Star Fox would actually work because as, since Super Smash came out, like there hasn't really been a Star Fox game that's had a lot of hype since Star Fox 64. So I think with the reintroduction of those characters in Super Smash Brothers, people are like, oh yeah, Star Fox is a thing. And now would be a good, like if it had come out before Super Smash, I don't think it would have gotten... The hype that it should have gotten, but now that people are kind of reminded of these characters, like, oh, Fox and Falco, like, oh, I totally remember Star Fox, and I think that would give it a little bit of a boost.
0: Fair enough. Well, I, I want to end tonight's uh, podcast uh, with you guys uh, on, on a, like I said, what we started the podcast with, and that's a tribute to, uh, to Ralph Bear, um, the father of, of video games, um, creator and designer of the uh, mad Fox Odyssey and uh, the reason why I want to close with it is just I want to hear your thoughts and if you have a message to say uh, to him up in the netherworld uh, digital world what have you that he's now uh, uh, gone to um, please uh, share with us what you'd like to say because without him none of this might be possible as far as from game source and the uh, pretty much gaming as a whole so I'll start off with you Adam
1: I just wanna say thanks I mean without him all of this you know either wouldn't be possible or would look probably very different Um, unfortunately I I got into gaming before or sorry after you know a lot of the, uh, the consoles I think my first actual console was a GameCube so I got into the game pretty late but you know I have some some friends who grew up on a lot of the uh, a lot of the older systems you know when when console gaming was just essentially taking hold and there I'm sure their lives would be very different if if that hadn't happened so made a big impact on a lot of people Sam Um,
2: I would also very much like to say thank you because for me personally video games are my entire life like, I was raised on them since I could hold a controller. Um, it actually was, in a weird way, something that brought me and my older brother together. We never really had anything in common, but we would, like, play video games together sometimes. And, like, one of the gateways to, like, this relationship we have now is, like, we recommend games to each other, and that's a lot of our communication. Have you played this? Oh, I just played that. Um, uh, I just... a lot of the friends that I have, the... the depth of our bond is solidified through gaming and I play anybody I play video games with is just such a better friend to me because I can like I just understand them on a different level and like I just my whole this is like my life I I can't imagine what it would be if I wasn't a gamer so
0: well uh, that was uh, really good uh, for both of you Uh,
2: and Gerald I know that when you were born, video games didn't exist yet. So <laughs> how was that transition of being a young man and being like, "What if video? This thing's never gonna last."
1: I
0: knew you were gonna go there. I, I just oh, you knew. Gonna... you knew, you knew. If you were not Nick would, so yeah. you know, um, I, first of all, I just want to say to to his family again, um, my condolences and my respects to them, uh, and to Ralph Bear himself, uh, wherever you're at, uh, just. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for introducing the world uh, to to gaming, and and being the, the key force in creating the the Magnavox Odyssey, which was a predecessor to all that we have today. Um, I, I remember I said I owned uh, the first one I owned was a Pong, but I really didn't get into gaming until that the magical day my dad took me to a department store called the Treasury from way back when. And uh, got me that that awesome all-in-one Atari 2600 system with all the the you know different pictures that you saw, and I was just overwhelmed um, once I got it uh, you know plugged in, and just as a young kid, just imagining my time and enjoying everything about that, playing at the arcades, uh, playing at the local liquor stores arcades machines as well, going to the arcades in the malls, uh, just. Many years have gone by with with great memories and fond memories of video games. Uh, I've owned, I think, over twelve systems uh, in my entire life, um, and I've just been so appreciative of, of what he introduced to this world. Um, and and I'm now passing that love that I have uh, to my children, uh, my young daughters, six and nine, and I just appreciate. Everything that that he did, because if it weren't for that, I I wouldn't have met you, Adam, and I wouldn't have met you, Sam, and I would have met Jamie. Oh, there you go, and Jamie, and and everybody else. uh, Just run off the list from Bryce, Sarah, uh, Jeremiah, uh, Steph. You know, just the entire Josh. Just the entire list of people. You know that have been a great part of the staff. And that I hopefully we will meet in the future. That would like to be a part of our staff uh, going forward. Um, Game Source wouldn't exist, and and that would be uh, truly a shame indeed. Because most importantly, I wouldn't have met the wonderful people that that you guys are, and uh, that everybody else associated with Game Source has been all about. So, so my I I owe, a, I owe a you know a debt of gratitude to you that I can never pay, uh, Ralph. And uh, my uh, best to you and 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 up there in the nether digital region I hope you're uh, inventing the the games of the future for for all of us here down here on, on planet Earth so
1: he's, he's ascended to
0: the grid there you go <laughs> <laughs> Tron yes doing the Tron you know he'll come back maybe as uh, Jeff Bridges but uh, <laughs> Jeff Bridges. there you go so uh, on that note uh, I just want to thank everyone for joining us whether you were watching uh, you're watching this live, you're watching this actually on, on a videotape, uh, on, Utape, on YouTube. I said videotape. u tape. Yes, you tape. Uh, or listening to this on our website, www.yourgamesource.com. Um, we're going to have lots more for you coming over the, in the course of this month. Sam's got Dragon Age Inquisition coming to her 7th Valkyrie page. Uh, Aaron, OSU Water Polo, has his thoughts on the PlayStation experience from a Nintendo fanboy's perspective. Uh, on his page at OSU Water Polo. Uh, myself at the S Elvis Live page, the uh, blog of Infamy. I've got my uh, weekend thoughts coming up probably up tomorrow uh, with a whole lot of thoughts on what went on over the entire weekend. Um, plus we've got your stuff coming up, hopefully on Far Cry 4, GTA 5 uh, and so much more plus our Game of the Year uh, thoughts that you can be a part of and you can help us vote and you can help us decide who will be Yes, you yeah. uh, that, for that. Yes, yes, that's right, Adam. For the uh, Game of the Year uh, for the 2014 from GameSource, because we like everybody to be a part of it. And it, it's just so much better when you get a lot of fan interaction that they can help decide. So um, be that as it may. Uh, once again, uh, I would like to say uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Uh, this is Gerald, better known as Yes Loves Lives, and...
2: This is Sam, the 7th Valkyrie.
0: And this is me, Adam. And this is me, Gerald. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. I hope you uh, keep listening, keep watching, and thanks again so much for being a part of this podcast. Number 111. Uh, see you
1: soon. Bye. Do you love games, breed games, and bleed games? Then this is the crew for you. If you are interested in editorial, podcasting, live events, and exclusive content, make sure to hit us up at info at yourgamesource.com and become part of a team that is dedicated to delivering all the greatest delays in gaming news and content, all here at yourgamesource.com.